a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host. Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Soundcheck on the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX. Uh, Ply Racing brings this to you, as well as the folks at Alpine Star Protects. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. FlyRacing.com, please check them out. The 2018 gear it has been moving out the door fast. You can still get it. It's the first gear system that has the BOA system on two lines now, as opposed to just one, Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, uh, many others wear Fly Racing. Uh, they choose Fly Racing gear for all their protection needs, and their helmet line is fantastic. I've crash-tested the F2 just uh, the other day, and it worked great. So please uh, check them out, flyracing.com, and Alpine Star Protects. Whether it's the BNS Tech Carbon Neck Support System, the A1 Roost Guard, or the Fluid Tech Carbon Knee Brace, the Alpine Star Lines of Protection Line is just a fantastic product. You know their boots. You know how their boots work and fit. While their protection products are the same way. I just got back from Italy a little while ago. Toward Alpine Stars, I saw all the things that went into their protection system and how much they're pushing it and how much they're liking it. And uh, there's no better endorsement than the fact that there's a lot of riders in the pits that have Alpine Star protection products underneath their sponsored gear of another brand because they love the A-Star stuff so much. And uh, so, yeah, please check them out. All right, let's get into our sound check episode. This one's exciting. This one almost kind of broke the rules, but we let it go. Uh, the man to talk about this and what's going on with him and, and more, a guy who's very qualified to talk about music, that's for sure. It's former factory rider, 250 Supercross winner, Blake Wharton. What's up, Blake? How are you, man? How's it going? Good to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you uh, music. You love music, first of all. People who don't know, you've had you've got a CD out. You've always been into music. You play it. You love it. Um, so this episode, this kind of sound check stuff, is right down your alley. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely enjoy music and been enjoying it for some time. And like you said, I got started in music uh, at a relatively early age. Uh, not as early as I was doing moto. Of course, but uh, not shortly thereafter, I got involved with music, and we've had the chance to go to Nashville and uh, do some recording uh, with some friends of ours, and get an EP out a few years back. And actually, we're working on our, our next EP too. So uh, excited about that! Just got to find the time to go down there and finish it up. But uh, yeah, very very special music is. To yeah, me, so. I was going to ask you how the new. So there's plans for another one to do because we've played your stuff on the Pulp Show. Uh, we have it as the exit song every each and every Monday night. And uh, people love it. So, yeah, so you're, you're, you're working on EP number two. EP number two. It's kind of a long, a long time coming. We'll, we'll put it that way. We've been working on it for a while. We just haven't had the time to, to break away and get down to Nashville. Actually, one of the, one of the last times we were going to go, uh, one of the hurricanes was kind of coming up the coast. So we decided to push it 
and uh, we haven't been able to get back, unfortunately. But yes, new music is coming soon, and you'll be one of the first to hear it. Um, you, like you said, you've been blasting our music on the uh, intro and outro, so it's uh, it's good for us. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I know it's good stuff, man. You're really talented. It sounds awesome. Um, this is a difficult question for you to ask, but like, how do you compare the joy of recording and writing, the joy of uh, of creating a song, compared to the joy of you know hitting a triple every lap perfectly and and laying down a fast lap time? Like, are they equal to in your eyes, or are they different? Oh. That's that's the that's the funny funny part. Actually, me and Bobby Caps from Thirty Eight Special have had this conversation. He he tells me he said, Blake, you race so that you can do music. I do music so that my boy can race. That's <laughs> true, right? And yeah. it's 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 funny because it's totally true. And I think sometimes, you know, guys like us, we we really can get into something that we've never done before. Um, that's similar. That has a similar maybe passion behind it. Um, music was never my job. It was never something that I got, you know, paid for. I didn't I didn't grow up doing it like mm-hmm. Moto. So there's always the creative freedom that kind of backs it that that um is is special in its own right. Um whereas my relationship with, with motocross, you know, it's it there's as you know, there's ups and downs. Yeah. Uh when you've been doing something since you were seven years old, um, you know, you're gonna have those ups and downs and so um, having music just as the pastime, but also something to pursue if you want, it allows a little more freedom. But they're both very unique. Um, you can't really replace the feeling you get uh, after winning a Supercross mm-hmm. or jumping a triple. Let's be honest. It, it's really hard to beat that um, as far as adrenaline goes. But at the same time, um, you know, getting up there to play um, Dallas Supercross in 2015 yeah. was pretty nerve-wracking. You know, <laughs> I'd sure. say it's Probably it was probably scarier than going and getting second the year before or, or third the year before. Um, so yeah, when you yeah. you know most most guys, you're a different guy. You're a unique guy. There's no doubt about it when it comes to motocross. Uh, you're really interesting to talk to. You're really smart. You're you've got these different interests like we talked about. But when you're racing for Geico Honda for all those years and Bobby Hewitt at Rockstar Suzuki, um, you know it's almost I, I don't know if it is bad, but is it? Is it? Um, do you want to not let them know that you have this other passion of music? And because as soon as things start going bad in moto, and let's face it, unless you're Carmichael, they almost always have a bad point at some point because that's the way sure. the sport is. Uh, do you almost not want to tell them because then they go, "Oh, he's more worried about his music than riding," which of course is false, but it always happens that way, you know? Um, no, totally. Um, and I've definitely seen. I, I've seen that side of it. Unfortunately, I I started getting more serious into music kind of at the same time where my racing career was also doing pretty well. Uh, but I don't I don't think that fans of sports in general who are you know me- mega football fans or mega Supercross fans or baseball they are so invested in the one sport they can't imagine anyone else having a passion um, outside of that. And they want their guys, they want their heroes to be totally, totally invested. When right. the truth is, I think um, a lot of racers have a passion for music. I think you, you've seen it proportionally. There seems to be a lot of uh, motocross guys and freestyle guys mm-hmm. that are not only passionate about music, but they're pretty good at it, too. Yep. Um, guys that I've jammed with are, are some top-name pros. You know, Metcalf plays the drums. Seeley plays guitar. Um 
you know, a lot of the mechanics do. Of course, there's the, there's the rappers in motocross. And so yeah. there's a lot of guys that actually are pretty invested in, in music and they go to shows. And I've been to um, some shows with Ziggy, you know, at Factory Connection, my, my old boss. Yeah, yeah. So there's always, uh, there's always that connection there. But, yes, I have gotten some criticism over the years. You know, um, they say you should be practicing more. They sh- you should be, you know, you might do better. And they say some ridiculous things like that. But, you know, um, everyone has a pastime and a hobby. Of course. You know, yeah, some guys yeah. going out and partying and, and getting crazy. Well, for me, it was just sort of writing songs. Yeah. No, I know. It's uh, it's too bad that that's the way it goes. But um, I know Bogle, you know, Bogle's got a really nice deal going on with his Justin Lucas. And, he doesn't really want to talk about it, probably because yeah. people are going to get on him, you know, for it. So, um, hey, so you talked about the guy from Thirty Eight Special, and you told me you told us all about it when you came to the Pulp Show about hooking up with this guy, and he's he's one of your mentors, and he's been helping you in mm-hmm. the music business. So, how come in your list of ten songs you do not have "Hold It Hold On Loosely" in your ten <laughs> songs, Wharton? Uh, I was going to have that one as my number one. I was going to save that. <laughs> that was just for Bobby Caps, but he wasn't. I don't know if he played on that one particular song or album, so I, oh, okay. couldn't, I couldn't do that to him. Yeah, all right, okay. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to go to a later, a later CD. Right, okay. Um, all right, just checking, sure. Yeah, um, just for him. Uh, what's uh, What's a couple of your favorite concerts you've ever been to? Yeah, um, favorite concert. I actually got to see um, Cornell, Chris Cornell, and acoustic. Oh, uh, nice session. Yeah, it was actually after Dallas Supercross. It was at the, in the House of Blues. It was after Dallas Supercross, I believe, 2011 or 12. Uh-huh. And um, that was a special concert. You know, I eventually saw him again um, in concert. But, you know, uh, growing up racing, you don't really get a chance to, to hit up a lot of concerts because you're so busy on weekends. Uh-huh. Um, so the reality is I've, I've probably played a lot more and wrote song a lot more on my own um, than I have gotten a chance to go to see um, a lot of concerts, but those that was definitely my favorite concert. What song number 11 on your list, or 12, that didn't make the cut? I mean, uh, most guys that we've been doing these sound checks with Blake, they agonize over this. <laughs> they, they send me, Osborne, we let do 11 because he just, he had to have 11. But um, what about, what about, is there some that didn't make the cut? And there's a lot of songs that didn't make the cut. The truth is, I kind of went with a, my top ten were very much grunge oriented. If you couldn't tell, yeah, um, you know, it was a lot of the '90s music, which I tend to, uh, you know, uh, prefer mm-hmm. uh, in regards to rock and roll, at least. Um, but I listened to a lot of different genres that I probably didn't write down there. Um, there's stuff that I grew up listening to. There's everything from church music, gospel to oh, really? Huh? Um, yeah, yeah. Little, yeah, yeah, a little more maybe classical music or music that I've gotten into as I've gotten older. Right. Um, I just I just like to go with the top ten grunge rock um, songs because it relates so well to Moto. I mean, I can't, sure. I can't. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, lastly, before we get into your list, your sound check list, um, we've seen you on social media. You're riding a bit more now. You're back riding a bit more, Wharton. Yeah, that's it, making me nervous, right? Making. <laughs> Um, no, uh, it's good, right? Is you having fun? No, it's it's definitely good. I've been doing um, motorcycle seminars and training kids, and um, but yeah, definitely riding. I actually got a bike from a uh, Lone Star Yamaha local dealer to to me in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, and uh, the new Yamaha is pretty great. So I've been enjoying that. I actually, rode today, um, and um, yeah, just having having a good time with it. But uh, yeah, the, the uh, Yamaha is a good bike. It's good. Got a good motor, doesn't it? 
great motor, a lot of bottom end, and you need that on the 250F. So yeah, yeah. I've definitely been enjoying it. I never got the chance to race with those guys. Right. Um, but I but I do enjoy riding the bike now. So. Well, that's awesome. No, it's good good to see. Uh, you know, maybe we'll see what happens in the future. And it's good to have you back on a bike and riding all the time and all that. You know what I mean? So, um, all right, let's. And by the way, you, you, like I said in the beginning of this intro. You uh, you push the rules a bit, Wharton, with your selections, but we let it slide because there's so much of one artist in it's your true. selections. But but that's okay. <laughs> you just came in under the nose of the rules committee, so we let it we let it slide. But uh, all right, you ready for song number one? Let's do it. Let's Bla- do it. Blake Wharton sound check. It's uh, Audio Slave Like a Stone. It's uh, Rage Against the Machine and uh, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. I, I always thought, Blake, that Audio Slave got a bad rap. Uh, my wife loved them, and, and I really like them. Um, I think you're right. They have kind of got a bad rap from what I've heard because you were either like a Rage fan or you were yes. a Soundgarden fan. Right, right. And exactly. apparently... <laughs> Apparently, you couldn't be fans of both of them whilst they're singing at the same time. Right? right? <laughs> Which is just, what a hypocrisy. What is this? Yeah. Um, definitely one of my favorites, um, the band Audio Slave. They were in that, my, my timeline, I guess you could say, that early 2000s. Um, you know, they had the three pretty big albums, and I liked all of them. Uh, of course, Cornell has a lot of different projects, and it's one of the reasons why I have him listed so many times because he's had so many successful um and epic bands but definitely a favorite of mine um yeah the uh have you seen the movie collateral tom cruise and jenny fox no no not off the top of my head no okay yeah there was um an audio slave song inside that movie it's sort of a it's directed by this michael mann guy and it's it's really the way he directs it's it's very stylish real he uses the city a lot of la a lot in a lot of his movies so there's um there's an audio slave song in the middle of the movie, and it picks up right from the beginning of it, and it's got a wolf kind of walking downtown LA. It's late at night. Anyways, the song by Audio Slave, I don't remember which one it is, but it's a it it, it the movie was so good it made me like Audio Slave even more. Do you know what I mean? I love the song. It was put right to this 
perfect part, you know, so. I'll have to look that one up because it sounds like something I'd be interested in. Yeah, the first one, the first disc they came out with, uh, set it off, you know, of course, so like tight. a stone. So yeah. Geez. Yeah. Show Me How to Live. Uh, man, it had some good songs on it. But like I said, man, people diss them all the time. They just like, they like, they're, they're angry over the two breakups, I guess. They, they, I think that's what it boils down to. Uh, but I don't know. What can you do, right? Yeah. It's a super group. You yeah. got to like it. Yeah. Uh, I also, I think my favorite audio slave is Be Yourself. I like that's my favorite of all time. That's another great one. It's from uh, Out of Exile, but it's still a fantastic tune. It was actually one I was considering. Oh, there we so, go. Uh, yeah. Close call, close call. Right. All right. Uh, let's get into the next one for Blake Wharton Soundcheck, another favorite of mine for sure. Hunger Strike, Temple of the Dog. That that uh, Cornell in the background right there is just epic, Warden. Epic, epic. Perhaps the greatest tune of all time in rock and roll. I mean, how can you beat it? <laughs> really? You like it that much, huh? I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, yep. it's, it's just, it was another good super group also with Temple of the Dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and a song I, I think everyone knows, whether you like uh, rock and roll or not, you're going to recognize this too. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think it would make my top ten, Wharton, but it might make my top twenty. You know what I mean? It's oh, uh, okay. that's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it is a real good uh, a song for sure. Uh, you were pretty young though when it came out, probably, huh? I was I was young, but I always had a taste for '90s music. Um, when I was when I was growing up, racing and traveling the countryside. I was I was always uh, traveling with trainers. Yep. Right, 
and these guys would always listen to grunge rock. And so Smashing Pumpkins, Pearl Jam, yep. you know, Soundgarden, Nirvana, all these bands, I really grew up listening to, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. So I think they were quite influential on me. Yep. Uh, and that's why I like to stick with them as I've grown. All right. All right. Let's get into the next one. Actually, wait a second. I had to get this this Cornell part in there again. All right, next up, uh, song number three for Blake Wharton. Here we go. on Black Days, uh, Soundgarden, from the Super Unknown disc, which I think everybody bought. <laughs> Every single person bought that disc when it came out. Yes. Great tune. I've had a few Black Days. I'm not sure about you. <laughs> I would think this song is the number one played on radio that Soundgarden's ever had. I'm not saying it's their best one, but um, people, they, this song has lived on. It has lived on. There was a lot of tunes to pick from, so it's kind of hard. I mean, I got a lot of different Soundgarden songs that I like. Yep. Um, you know, you have entire albums that you could you could really go with, mm -hmm. but this one I think was the one that sort of caught me, maybe the earliest, and I'm like, that's a sweet jam. So yeah, uh, I have to give Black Days. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, Spoonman was the first single off this one, and uh, Spoonman was good. It's still good. Spoonman is a great tune, and I think a lot of people can relate to Spoonman because it was on ATV Unleashed 1. <laughs> I guess, so yeah. Everyone, yeah, everyone knows Spoonman, but also uh, Them Bones by Alice in Chains. Yep. So those are, that was a great soundtrack. Right. I think uh, if I had to go, this is your sound check, Blake Orton, but if it was from my sound check for Soundgarden, 
I might go with Jesus Christ uh, uh, pose. Is that what it's called? Pose, yeah. Yeah, Jesus Christ pose. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, that opening, that that first CD by them was was fantastic for sure. All right, let's. Uh, you're sensing a theme here, everybody. We're sensing a theme. To to finish off the theme, let's uh, let's go to your number four song and uh, maybe talk about this man a little bit uh, uh, after we're done. Here we go, number four. Okay. You flew along the wind Was the day that I won't forget Told me to let you in And that I would not regret it But you had a touch as cool as rain And all at once the weather changed Murder of blue skies I can't wait To never be Blue Skies from, uh, of course, Chris Cornell, Higher Truth CD. I've never heard that before, Blake, but, uh, yeah, really good, man. Yeah, that was, um, you know, from his last album, and uh, it has a different feel, right? And it's a, it's a song that I don't think anyone knows about because uh, it really didn't get the recognition um, like um, Nearly Forgot My Broken Heart, which was the single from that album. Um but yeah, it's one of my personal favorites. I've really grown to like it. It's pretty dark and kind of melancholy, but uh, has a little more of that uh, Cornell feel acoustic session. Um, and I got to watch him do it, uh, I don't know, the last concert I saw him at. So right. Pretty cool. So we've had Audio Slave, we've had Temple of the Dog, we have uh, Soundgarden, and now we've got Chris Cornell. It's too bad we lost him, huh, Blake? Shame. Real shame, yeah. No, he had a lot of songs left to sing, in my opinion, you know. He was sort of the songbird, I guess, of the 90s. So um, always writing tunes and, and really, really held his ground. You know, a lot of the rock stars can, can tend to fall off, you know, and um, lose their their songwriting, lose their way, um, and really kind of get out of music or at least yeah. appear to be burnt out. You know, you've seen it. Yep. But Cornell, he was kind of special in that way, I feel, because he was always on the next project. Right. Um, and always writing. He was always singing. And I got to respect that, you know, being in an industry as long as I have. I can't really imagine what it's like for a guy who's had that much success to be in that industry still. It's tough. Yep. Um, but he did it. So. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, he was back with Soundgarden. They were doing a tour when he when he committed suicide. And his friends and family still don't understand it. They don't know why he did it. You know, no one will probably know he did it in Detroit. And 
it's just one of those things where you're like, why? Why would you do that? You know what I mean? He didn't have a drug-fueled uh, uh, personal life or anything like that. You know what I mean? It was sure. he, he was married, and it's just very, very odd for him to do that. But it, it's a, it's, It is hard to fathom, like you said, and I think a lot of people kind of have a hard time with it because we want to have a resolve of some, of some kind. Uh, I do, however, I do feel like there's probably a lot more to the story, um, you know, that, that people, they just keep inside. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they don't let it out um, for whatever reason. Maybe it's because something is expected of them, that they ought to be this way. Yeah. Um, you know, these industries can put you in a box, right? Yep. Um, but his music will certainly live on. Um, I, I'd like to think that maybe one day they could, they could come up, they could maybe tell some people maybe what what it was um that maybe was was mm-hmm. bothering him or afflicting him that yeah. way we can maybe learn from it um because you know you can have the the greatest life that we all sort of imagine the, the life of a rock star and still be mm-hmm. maybe depressed or not really happy we've certainly seen it in the motocross side of things you and i both know some riders that were were and are incredible dirt bike riders with all these titles and championships and they got things that bother them, you know. They have they're not you would look at the outside and be like, Oh, that guy's awesome, but they've had issues, you know. So Yeah, it life is often more complex than how it looks from the outside. Right? Um now you obviously you've gotten a lot of purple rain prints comparisons with your look, but some of it is also inspired by Cornell, probably, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I've had I've had a lot of different comparisons. Um fortunately they've all been pretty good. You know, Slash, um, you know, his Guns and Roses days. Yep. with the hair. Yep. Um, Cornell had his hair back in Soundgarden, you know, earlier days. And yep. and then Prince, of course, yep. sort of stuck. Uh, you know, Little Red Corvette, how can you go wrong with that? Yeah. So yep. I've, I've had a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of similarities to the to the rock stars. Yep. Um, I don't know if it was intentional or what, but I mean, I did write for Rockstar Suzuki for a few years, so yeah, maybe there. just rubbed off on There them. we go. So if you had to go one iteration of Cornell that, that, that brings you the most pleasure, Audio Slave, Soundgarden, Temple Dog, Solo, what would it be? To be honest, I think it would be his solo stuff because I think that it was really more, it was mostly him. It was like, that was totally, totally him. Right. Um, And, you know, because Soundgarden was kind of the the band of his his youth, um, of his his younger days, maybe a little more rambunctious, but great stuff. And obviously it was a fantastic compilation, but... But his stuff that he did on his own really resonated more with the acoustic stuff he did, and he did a lot of touring um, on for his acoustic albums because uh, he had a lot of them. You know, it wasn't just his last one, uh, and so I think that that was sort of his his deal. I think that's what he liked best, kind of that mix of rock and roll and and the acoustic singer songwriter type of type of stuff. I uh, my wife was a huge Audio Slave fan, and she got into Cornell, and um, we went, we saw Audio Slave live on Hollywood uh, Boulevard one time. It, it was okay. And then we went to a concert here in Vegas, solo Cornell. He wasn't acoustic, but he was solo, and I was blown away by the guy's talent, man. I, I, I became a – you can you not like Chris Cornell, but if you saw him live or listened to his music, you cannot deny the guy had so much talent. So All right. Chris Cornell sings how I want my 144 two-stroke to sound like. <laughs> there we go. There we go. You know. um, all right, next up for you. Okay, we're done with Cornell for now. And uh, for the rest of them, but uh, yeah, well said, and uh, and uh, I can tell that you really appreciate the man, and and uh, we're all going to miss him. So next up for you is uh, another grunge era song. Here we go. 
in the box, Alice Chains. Um, I think, Blake, you're the third person to pick this song. Second, Am I really? Yeah, second or third, anyways. It's popular. I think Osborne picked it also, and maybe somebody else in the upcoming episode. That's probably because we've all listened to it on the starting line of a Supercross. <laughs> maybe, huh? <laughs> yeah. You like Alice in Chains, though? Oh, great, great band. Yep. Um, another grunge band, you know, another Seattle band, and um, they still they still play, they still make records. You know, obviously Lane passed away some time ago, unfortunately. Uh, that was a that was a big loss, of course. Um, a lot of the grunge heroes are there; they just have passed. You know, that's yep. uh, a shame. But the band the the band plays on, and they've made some great music, in my opinion, um, since then. Even some of the later albums. And so I really like Alice in Chains. Actually, we've uh, we've played a few of the Alice in Chains covers. So we oh nice. we, we consider yeah we consider it to be in our wheelhouse. Yep. Um, yeah. So can you, can the new guy sound like Lane Staley? Is he pretty good? Yeah, he yep. sounds great. Yeah. You know, he, they had a it was a it was a very unique sound, and so I think it was a tough spot to fill yep. uh, in regards to being a, a backup guy, that the next singer to the band. Yep. Um, but he does a good job. I've yet to go see him, but they play um, sometimes near me at uh, at one of the casinos here, so I'll have to check him out one All of right. these days. I like. Uh, I'm a fan of Sammy Hagar, and Jerry Cantrell plays with him a lot whenever he can. Ah. They're buddies, so um, good combo. Good combo. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize Cantrell does a lot of vocals on this older stuff too. I didn't know that. I, I didn't yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. Cantrell has some has some good vocals, and they had a really good sound together. That that um, the harmonies they would do. Um, but yeah, Jerry's got Jerry's got it. All right, uh, Fly Racing Racer X Podcast Sound Check Edition with the great Blake Wharton. Uh, presented by Alpine Star Protects. Please check them out. Please check out flyracing.com. Also, too, uh, we'll play this commercial right now from uh, Racetech and Michelin. Use the code PULPAMEX17 when you check out at Racetech to save on engines and suspension service. And Michelin Starcross 5. We've gotten great reviews from this. People seem to love them. And uh, they stick to the track like glue. So listen to these commercials. And we'll be right back after that with uh, Blake Wharton's other pick. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Racetech. The folks at Racetech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PULPMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right? If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now. Valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Hi, Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. 
new for 2017? Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands... Please tell them. No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet, you're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows? They might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. All right, and we're back. Racer X, Fly Racing, Racer X, Soundcheck Podcast, presented by Alpine Star Protects with Blake Wharton. All right, Blake, so we've got uh, every, everybody's been Seattle-ish so far that you've picked. Let's get into song number uh, six, and they're not Seattle. All right, let's do this. Metallica from Master of Puppets, Welcome Home Sanitarium. Great tune, great tune. Um, my old mechanic, Steph LeBlanc, a yes. fellow Canadian. Yes, I like Steph. Good dude. 
that good man, good man. Well, he was crazy about Metallica. So, <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, being a mechanic is a very angry job. <laughs> <laughs> true. You know? True. And, and and so, you know, a lot of your time feels like you're basically in a sanitarium. Um, <laughs> it's, what I've, it's what I've figured out. Yep. Uh, but no, Steph was a big Metallica fan, so he had all the CDs and... And we worked with Steph for, you know, eight years. And so we got to listen to Metallica. And whenever they would come out with a new album, well, Steph would be one of the first to get it. And uh, yep. there we'd be on the road to the next Amateur National, and we'd be jamming out. So special times with Metallica. Right, right. You still listen to it now, or is this more like a throwback to a, another day for you? No, no. I still do listen to Metallica. Yeah, yep. on, uh, just a good bit, actually. And so this is obviously one of their older tunes. But yeah, it, it just has Really cool, really cool intro, really creepy intro, and it was one of the first guitars, um, guitar um, songs I learned how to play. So. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Right. Yeah, they've got some good stuff for sure. All right, next up, uh, another good one. I think, Wharton, your sound checklist and, and is the one I can most relate to, by the way. I had most of these songs. Well, so. they say great minds think alike, so I mean, you know. <laughs> there we go. All right, next up.
lightning crashes by live from their throwing copper disc, the one that broke them huge. A very underrated band, Blake Ward. Very, very underrated, and, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to mention them. Um, you know, because this is, this is my favorite tune from them. Yep. Um, but I like a lot of the live stuff, and they kind of just been under the radar, but I, I definitely like live. I've been listening to them for a while. Actually, this is one of the tunes I like to learn on the guitar. Um, back when I was learning guitar and, and doing some vocal lessons, we had to get some uh, lightning crashes in. Nice, nice. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. good, man, for sure. I saw the lead singer was in Vegas not that long ago touring, like he had a concert. Like Ed Kowalchuk yeah. or whatever? It said Ed Kowalchuk from Live. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. No. He's done a lot of stuff since then, kind of on his own. Yep. And uh, I've been keeping tabs. Right, been right. keeping tabs with that. All right. Uh, this is on the next song up. Wouldn't, wouldn't have picked this from you if I uh, if I had to guess which songs Blake Wharton would pick. I would not have got this one, but uh, it is good, so. Pipe with the freshman. It always makes me think of that um, that movie it was in, uh, Cruel Intentions. I think. I think it was Cruel <laughs> Intentions. I don't know. I don't know. But it's a good song. Good job. Good job. 
Thank you. No, it's a great tune. It kind of it gives you a feel. You know, you can yep. tell it's about something that's pretty serious or maybe personal. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I like that one. And um, um, Lightning Crashes as well. They're sort of these darker, yep. um, kind of simple, mellow songs in the beginning. They grow to be this big, big sort of song that just kind of got the feel. So definitely one of my favorites. I heard it a long time ago and just kind of mm-hmm. stuck. Maybe it was one of those tunes that uh, just pulled you in at an early age. I've never heard any other song from the Verve Pipe than this one. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I haven't either. No, I don't think so. There's the Verve, but they're not the Verve Pipe. Um, the right. Verve and the Verve Pipe are, are quite different bands, yes. even though they have similar title. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, second last song, and uh, an oldie but a goodie for Blake Wharton here on the Fly Racing Racer X uh, podcast soundcheck. that go a little while it's pretty good <laughs> Wharton I hadn't heard it for a long time uh, Kansas dust in the wind I can't get the um, 
the movie Old School out of my mind, though, whenever I hear that song. No, and I was about to say that. Unfortunately, I'd say most younger people today probably think Will Ferrell wrote that song. Right, right, exactly, right? Oh, that's it's good. true. But, no, it's a great tune, and uh, one we, we like to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you can do some Kansas, you, you've got to do Kansas. I mean, you just can't let that go. Um a great band, you know. I saw a documentary on them one time, and it just seemed like some good old boys, some some country boys. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Go uh, to the big city, play some rock and roll. Now, are they from Kansas? I don't know. They might be. <laughs> um, one hundred percent chance, Blake, that you can play that on guitar, right? One hundred percent chance. Well, okay. Let's put it this way: I I, I am a finger picker, which is a night nice, that that um, that song is very much sort of finger picky style. Uh, and I can play some of it, but I've never mastered it all the way through. Fortunately, I've had guitarists that can play it better than I can. Uh-huh. Um, so I just sing it. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's do uh, last but not least in the Blake Wharton sound check. Here we go. Oh yeah All right Somebody's hiding Strong in my icebox Somebody's cold one Is giving me chills Yes, I'll just close Oh yeah, all right, feels good inside, flip on the telly, wrestle with dearly, something is bubbling. Say it ain't so, man. There's people that like when they when when you like Weezer, 
you like love Weezer, you know what I mean? They're all the way Weezer, and they have the glasses and everything. Oh, I know, right? I know. My wife loves yeah. the sweater song. She loves the sweater song. If you want to destroy my sweater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. her tune. But. Um, now, Weezer's a great band. You know, they're kind of that nerdy style, but yet they're cool. They pulled it off. Yep. Um, they, they made it work. And Say It Ain't So is just one of those tunes that sticks. Sweater song, Island in the Sun. A lot of the 90s, early 2000s. And, yeah, a good band that, that I think everyone kind of likes. I mean, everyone that's close to my age can pretty much sing Beverly Hills word for word, I think. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Remember the video? Yeah. The video had, like, happy days in it. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. All right, Wharton, your sound check episode is done. Grunge it's City. Done. Man. Grungy. We're going to have to do this again next time, but with a different genre. We'll just go through the whole genres. <laughs> I think we already did your Chris Cornell, favorite Chris Cornell songs. <laughs> this might in Cornell sound set. I mean, yeah. it really is. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. No, people on uh, on social media have been asking me to get you to do one of these for sure. That you know, you're you're a guy that that not only loves music, but you actually know it and play it and into it and understand it and and everything else. Unlike us, us jerkies, you know. So, um, no, I definitely want to get into your studio one of these days and play a live tune. Yeah, um, dude, that'd be rad. Start, just start playing something. Yeah, we'll bring it in studio. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, we can do that. We got some different mics we can hook up to, like one for the guitar and one for your vocals type deal. So we can we can sure. do something like that. Awesome. Well, hey, Blake Wharton, thank you for your time for doing the Fly Racing Racer X uh, podcast presented by Alpine Star Protects. Thanks for doing the sound check episode. I think people will dig it. And hopefully, <laughs> Wharton, hopefully we see you at a race sometime soon, man. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Maybe soon. Maybe with a bike, maybe with a guitar in my hand. We don't know. Maybe both. One or the other. There you go. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head. 
in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride and you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go by.